0: to another episode of Secrets for an Inspirational Life. How are you all today? I hope that you are well. I hope that, as always, there's a little bit of beauty that's touching your lives, and that there's a lot of hope that's alighting upon your soul. And in these times that we live in today, that somehow... We've been placed all together on this planet for some wild and wonderful reason. And sometimes we forget, as always, what our reason is. But it's important, I feel, to have that focus in life, to have that discipline in life, to actually know why we are here. What's the reason that we're here on this planet? Because each and every one of us has a special role to play. And if we can help each other along the way, I think we've pretty much nailed it at life. Now, I'm really very delighted to welcome my guest today, who is the very multi-talented Matt State. Matt is a well-known figure in the personal and private security and also self-defense world as well as being a leading author and a leading authority in this industry, having published several books. He is a multiple black belt, world champion gold medalist, and he has taught in all the main shows in the UK. His life really reads like a book, a fascinating book at that. Matt was the victim of abuse and bullying and dropped out of school at an early age. He lost his father to suicide and was diagnosed with post-traumatic stress disorder as a teenager through his exposure to violence. But that didn't stop him. Above all, he has still managed to reach absolutely incredible, superb highs and gone on to achieve many notable successes, such as being the world champion martial artist, a bodyguard, a best-selling author, and a TikTok specialist. And that's just to name a few things. Today, he shares his incredibly brave and inspiring journey. Welcome, dear Matt.
1: Hi, thank you for having me on.
0: You're very welcome. How are you today? I'm good, thank you, and yourself? Yes, I'm fine. I, we, we spoke about this earlier, Matt and I. I'm feeling a bit cold um, at this time of year, I have to say but wrapped up in woolen socks and woolen jumpers and woolen hats and all sorts of things.
1: <laughs> yes and as as, as I mentioned i am sort of just come back from walking the dogs and uh, and and have my sort of dog walking attire on halfway up and, be, and and the rest of me is is professional and presentable.
0: Oh, very good, very good. What sort of dog do you have, Matt?
1: I have uh, an American bulldog and Ooh. He's a fantastic animal. He's big, he's bouncy, he's very slobbery, he's huge amounts of fun and he needs a lot of exercise and care and looking after. So he keeps me, he keeps me outside a lot more than I would otherwise be, which is great and fantastic. And uh, yeah, he's a fab companion, Um, like probably like myself in many, many ways, a little bit misunderstood and can come across as intimidating to some. But uh, but actually he's a he's very, very lovable.
0: Yes, I've heard a lot about them. A friend of mine, he's also, actually, he's a martial artist. He's an MMA, uh, mixed martial arts. He practices Mm. in that, and he has a dog like yours. And he said it scares all the neighbours and visitors, but um, it looks after him very well. So um, I wouldn't mind, but I'm actually a little afraid of dogs. Little dogs are fine, but big dogs I'm a little bit sort of cautious of.
1: Yeah, well that's sort of understandable because of what they could be capable of, but um but yes. for the most for the most part, they're good as gold. Again, like with a lot of other things, it's it's to do with you know how they're brought up, how how they how they interact with the world. And um, you know, I've spent a lot of time, energy, money, resources on making sure that my dog is sociable and um you know and well behaved. that's my responsibility as a dog owner, isn't it? Yeah,
0: yeah, that's wonderful to hear actually. Now. You have an absolutely incredible life story and I'm absolutely, you know, I'm so impressed by it all, the things that you've gone through and the things that you now do. It's a success story. Let's go back a bit. How did it all begin? Tell us a little bit about your early life and how this incredibly interesting life unfolded.
1: Um well from, from early life, I mean I I'll sort of briefly go over it rather than sort of dwell on all kinds of stuff there, but essentially we 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 were what they class as very working class. Um there wasn't really a great deal of money. My father was a, a very, very heavy drinker. Um there was a lot of arguments and an aggression in the home right the way through my sort of childhood. Um, My mother and father split up. We moved repeatedly. So I was always the new kid in a new school, having to face all of those challenges. Uh, And and yeah, it was, you know, sort of a a difficult upbringing. I mean, not 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 in the sense that it's the worst it could have been, because clearly there's far worse in the world. But it was very challenging and it sort of um, it it did leave uh, if it did leave lots of things that had to be overcome as as I got
0: older. Yeah. Yeah. Things like anything really, I suppose, in childhood is an imprint for the rest of our lives. However much we try to get over some things, some things are actually meant to be in some way in order to shape us as human beings.
1: Mm. No, absolutely. Yes. I mean, things like um, you know social interaction and how to do that correctly, have a relationship. I mean, that was something I've struggled with for a very long time because, of course, I'd never seen it done properly. (laughs) And also also coming from that kind of background with that sort of inbuilt toxicity, for want of a better word, that's what I was projecting out to the world and drawing towards me. So I was was literally um, communicating with a lot of broken and damaged people that were, you know, making my problems worse um and so yeah so that was you know that's been an ongoing challenge right the way through and I'm still not there yet of course
0: it's a lifelong challenge I think for the things that we go through in life some of the things that are the most difficult uh try to prepare us for some of the best things in our life but sometimes you know we all can become afraid of letting the good in if we've been hurt to a certain extent
1: oh absolutely yeah I mean those are those those barriers that we all put up and that, um, that sort of feeling of, well, if I don't allow somebody to hurt me, I won't get hurt. Or if I hurt them first and those kind of damaging kind of thought processes. Yeah, we all go through those. And, and that's something that, again, I've had to sort of look at over time quite a lot. Because there's there's been many occasions in my life where I've screwed up, where it might have gone differently if I'd have been a little more open
0: yeah i think we all know um those moments in life mm. and sometimes you know the wall that we're sort of trying to build around us is actually keeping us from living a life it's keeping us a prisoner in some way
1: yeah absolutely yeah yeah there's there's lots of there's lots of different types of fear and and it, and it metamorphosizes in so many different ways but essentially yes that that fear is is what sort of keeps us from achieving what we can achieve, isn't it? And how it manifests in so many different ways it can be through relationships or work or yeah. challenges or anything, yeah.
0: It's true and it's so sort of in-depth because some of the things, the most ludicrous things, I mean, like, like the smallest things we don't even realise that we don't want to do certain things in our life actually come down to fear. Because if we had this brave heart consistently, we would achieve so many things but I think there are moments when we can become paralyzed by fear and then we can't do anything and then we're sort of no good to ourselves we're no good to anyone else but that journey that you have actually gone through must have been a very brave journey to get to where you are now.
1: Um, Well yeah again I I don't sort of class it as such but I I put it down to Um, some of the choices that were made so as an example of that uh, when my father committed suicide I had sort of decisions to make as to what my life was going to be and it was a crossroads a genuine crossroads and uh, and so I immersed myself very heavily into martial arts which is obviously you know as, as worked out over the years um but that was hugely influential when it came to facing fears, working against your fears, learning how to fail without actually failing, as in, you know, just getting used to having to work at something over and over again until it finally went right, until it finally stuck. You know, so it, it taught me it taught me a massive, a massive amount of uh, usable life skills.
0: Now, I know that you were a victim of bullying, mm-hmm. and that is a huge thing in life because I had the same in my lower school where I was bullied and I've spoken about it before and sort of for a year was kicked in the head and didn't tell anybody by a gang and I was only very young about eight or nine years old and I didn't speak about it and then that actually made me take up judo when I was yeah when I was 10 because I thought I've had enough of this Um, I can't, I can't live like this, even though I was young, I understood that this wasn't correct. But how did you get into the martial arts? How did you cross that bridge from having this distressing time to actually wanting to cross the bridge to a better life? Because a lot of people can't make that move because it's far too fearful. And They haven't got the resources to do that. How did you do that? How did you go from your father's suicide to the abuse, from the bullying, to cross this huge, vast ocean, in fact, to pull yourself back together?
1: Well, there's an awful lot of um, time and things going on throughout all of that. So that wasn't wasn't a process that happened in a week or a month or even a Mm. year. Uh, so when we talk about my own position, there was um, there was bullying for years because, as I said, we was always the new kid in school. We were always the ones that didn't have any money. We were always the single parent. Um, and so there was, you know, that that was sort of that carried on for quite some time. Um, and then, of course, it was in the home as well. So there was actually no real escape from it at that time. And so um, <clears throat> I, I, I have written about this in some of the books that I've done and I talk about at that time. I wanted a way out. And so I would spend quite a bit of time alone, you know, essentially hiding from everyone. <laughs> and, mm. and I would be thinking about these things. And, and, and at the time as a child, I, I used to really like Spider-Man. But I understood even then that the chances of getting bit by a radioactive spider and gathering superpowers is pretty slim. <laughs> I, and the other sort of hero that I that I that I liked at the time was Tarzan. And the same deal, you know, a, a gang of marauding gorillas weren't going to come through and adopt me on the council estate where I grew up. So um, what I was left with was back in the day, you had um, television shows like Kung Fu and there was some martial arts type people in the wrestling. And I and I looked at that and I thought, actually, that is something that is achievable. It's real. And if I if I get good at it, I won't be afraid anymore. And that was my sort of childhood way of thinking. Now, obviously that's not true, but that's what I thought about it. Um, and then there were several false starts. I mean, as you mentioned, the, the the financial element of it, we had no money, I couldn't pay for any classes, not that there were really that many classes about at the time. So there was a number of false starts where I did have a little try at uh, one or two things that didn't work out that well for me. But then when my father took his own life, I literally went a war for a couple of weeks, drunk way more alcohol than is good for a human being um just went into this complete downward spiral for a while and you know finally sort of got out of that a little bit um but all my peer group at the time the vast majority of them are dead through drugs or in prison so it was it was a real choice and a crossroads at that point as to what I did and I do believe that there's um there's sort of addictive personalities and so if you see an alcoholic—they're no different than to a really, really fit person who does all the ultra marisons or the running or things like that. Mm. And they both—they both got that same personality trait. They're just exhibiting it differently, and and I think I have that trait. You know, I think it's inherent in my genes, what have you. That that sort of addictive personality. So I turned it to martial arts, and that's where I really sort of got into it. And obviously, it gave me a a peer group, um, a father figure, a sense of right or wrong a community you know it it filled so many areas of my life that up up till then had been left vacant Um, so so yeah it was it that was really where I started to take that seriously and it did become the sort of main focus of my life for many many years that was it everything else came secondary
0: and what age were you Matt when you started with the martial arts
1: that was uh, what I'd started when I was a young guy. So I'd had a couple of guys, like I said, that that sort of didn't really work out when I was sort of, you know, sort of 8, 10, 12, that sort of time. Mm -hmm. Um, But then it was my my late, late teens, so sort of 18, 19 when my father died, that I actually then started to pursue it as a lifestyle, for want of a better word.
0: Yeah, I mean, it's a way of life. I always think that martial arts is a way of life. And what actual martial arts do you do what do you do kung fu or or what is it that you do
1: i do all sorts now i run a full-time martial arts gym now amongst other things but back then i started in um well the one that stuck was was traditional karate um Mm. because again back in those days it wasn't like it is now there was no internet you couldn't youtube anything and there wasn't a martial arts gym on every street corner in every town as there is now Um, Hmm. finding a black belt was was like very very rare back in those days and so uh, you you sort of took what was on offer but I was incredibly fortunate to come across a um, a karate school where the the people there the instructors there they were they were very very good and I credit them with absolutely everything that's gone forward in my life is as simple as that they absolutely
0: turned me around from what could have been and you're a multiple black belt is that right yes. and a world champion and you own your own
1: school yes that's right yes yes what what was my passion has become my uh, my job still remains my passion so uh, but i'm now fortunate enough to be able to do that so yeah if i the karate went into the kickboxing which went into krav maga and then some mma and, and judo and japanese jujitsu and, and and i just once you start learning something, I, I'm sure everyone's the same. Once you start learning something and you're really absorbed in it, every time you find an answer, it just leaves another question. And so I I spent many, many years just, just sourcing that, traveling the world, going around places, learning things, and that's that's not gone away. The passion is still there. So so yeah, I've ended up with um 30, I think it's 13 different instructor licenses in various martial arts, a number of black belts. Um and so on and so forth yeah and and I ended up teaching security for many many years as well doing all the conflict management control and restraint communication kind of stuff and and so yeah that was that was that was my entire life for a long
0: incredible time. incredible yeah. tell us a little bit about this um personal and private security work because you've have you written a book about this yeah yes.
1: Yeah. so there's a book um, what's my, it called yeah my first book which is this one which is called modern samurai a revealing look at the private security industry which was um, basically just sort of memoirs of my time working in security so running nightclubs and bars and events and, and and bodyguarding people and just a lot of stories from that now I didn't want to write one of those um, hard man books let's call it that where it's just a succession of how somebody got beaten up so it's not that
0: Okay. And
1: and the reviews and the way that it came back was actually really really positive. You know, it, it hit number one in its category twice on Amazon. It's it's um, it's gained a lot of positive reviews within the industry as well. And so um, so I was, you know, I was I was sort of pleased with that because I honestly thought as I as I was writing it, I honestly thought, what the heck was I doing? Nobody was going to listen to me. You know, what do I know? Um, and it and it sat in a cupboard for about three years. I, I half wrote it, put it in a cupboard. <laughs> and told myself that I couldn't do it, and what was I thinking of?
0: <laughs> well, and here and here we are, and here we are well, today. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, so I
1: I, I I sort of finally took it back out, dusted it off, and, uh, and forced myself to write the thing, and gave myself a, a structure of how I was going to sort of do that, and then did it, and that's been the way that I sort of work with my writing from now on in, and I now write, um, I've written a number of books, but I also now write for various magazines and publications and things. And What um, sort of things I, do you write? Well, mostly around the things that I sort of know about and work with. So marketing, social media, martial arts, self-defense, communication, overcoming fear, all all of those kind of things that, you know, the sort of skill sets and things that I can actually offer an opinion on. Um, I don't tend to write about things I don't know about or I'm not passionate about. I'm of an age now where if I'm not excited by it, I don't tend to do it.
0: Yeah, that's good advice, actually, at any age. I think (laughs) I think that's good advice at any age but um my goodness now personal and private security work is that something that you were drawn to because of the life that you had led and that you felt that it was something that you would excel in what made you go into that area of work
1: Uh, well I'm it turns out that I was good at it um, with regards to martial arts and things. So I'm I'm not a small chap. I'm quite a big fellow, and that obviously meant that physically I had advantage. Um, but I was also physically capable. I picked up the movement really quickly. I understood it, and I found it. I found that I was okay with that. So, and what was interesting was all of the things that had sort of gone on before, although negative and although not good and although could be seen as something that was detrimental in my life actually worked in my favor in that regard because you know I wasn't frightened of confrontation I'd lived through it for donkey's years you know um that yeah sort of normal bread and butter so what these guys was doing was actually pleasant um and then on top of that I understood a lot of the psychology of it and and the way that it worked because obviously I lived through that for a long time um Mm -hmm. and then on top of that you know i'm young i'm fit i'm healthy i'm like i said a reasonably big chap so i had advantages there which uh which is something that not everybody gets you know that's something that i'm always grateful for is the fact that i I had the physicality to be able to actually make these things happen so regardless of anything else i was given the gift of you know health and well and wellness and so I, i was able to do this um and so and so essentially i was winning competitions, doing well. And the offer came up, would I like to work on a door? Would I like to go and be a, a bouncer, a doorman? Um, and I would be paid cash and I would be picked up and dropped off and and it would all be taken care of. I just literally have to go there. And so, so of course, I said, yes. And I said, why not? I'm a young man. I had all these visions of being surrounded by Scantily clad young ladies who, of course, would already <laughs> throw themselves at me, as you can imagine. Um, yes. <laughs> you know, and, and 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 of course I would also be the hero in the movie. So if there was a bad guy, I would obviously, you know, chuck them out without breaking a sweat, say something witty, wink at a girl, and um, and it would be the Indiana Jones version as opposed to the reality of it. Of course, the reality of it is different, but um hmm. but that's how I spent you know the weeks daydreaming before the actual event arose <laughs> and before I started work. <laughs> So yeah, and it just took off from there, really. I, you know I did a shift, that became another shift, that became another shift and before before I really knew what was going on, I was embedded into that lifestyle
0: and culture. Yes, and with martial arts, I know that I mean I was 10 and because I was bullied, I somehow it gave me the confidence, Matt, where I had a secret. And that secret was my secret in that I had the confidence then to deal with whoever sort of um, came up to me or tried to bully me. Although judo is a sport, it's not really a self-defense as we know, but it still gave me that discipline in life and that sort of secret confidence that um, I can do something which is really important i think that you feel that you can be good at something and that no matter what your surroundings are there is that sort of hope i suppose for a better life
1: yeah yeah well that's where that confidence comes from isn't it you know when 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 people say what would you give as advice to people who are going through that at the moment that are being bullied um you know that whole oh hit them back and all that kind of thing is pretty Mm. redundant really it's not that helpful Um, My actual advice would be similar to what you've just said, which is whatever it is that you're passionate about and you enjoy, get very good at it. The confidence comes from that and then surround yourself with people who appreciate that. And then you find your gang, you find your crowd, you find your tribe, and you also build that confidence because you're achieving things. And then that bleeds out into everything else. So, yeah. And there's i I've got a I've got a story that I relate that really sort of highlights this. And, and, and it was a real turning point in how I saw my personal situation. Um, long story short, I was um, I've been training in martial arts for many years. I've been working on doors for many years. I changed as a person from when I was, you know, 12 or 13 at school. And I pulled into this small town car park at the same time as this other chap. And this other chap got out of the car and I recognised him immediately. And he recognised me. It was actually one of my worst childhood bullies. Now, age hadn't been that kind to him. Time hadn't been that great. He was, um, he hadn't really grown, as in he hadn't got that much taller. He was losing his hair. He was out of shape. He was overweight. He was quite scruffy looking. And our eyes met. And I thought, that's it. I'm going to batter him. I'm going to physically beat him up now. And I pardon the, the, the way I'm saying it, if it offends somebody. And it's fine. But this is the emotions that I had running through me. You know, he literally terrorized me for such a long time and made me feel so worthless. And I thought, this is it. This is the time where I get all that back. You know, I've done all of this stuff now. I'm more than capable. I could absolutely, you know, damage him beyond all recognition. And I and I wanted to for that moment, you know. so. We didn't say a word, but I knew that he knew I was and vice versa. He
0: recognised you.
1: Yeah, you could see it in his eyes, yeah. Mm. But between the high street of the town itself and the car park was this alleyway, and it had really large, really tall houses either side of it, and it's quite narrow. And so I walked behind him into this alleyway, and I went right up behind him. And I mean, I was that close, he could feel the, the breath of, you know, my breath on the back of his neck. And I did it on purpose. And I could see him sort of shrinking up in that. And in that moment, like I said, I wanted to absolutely physically hurt him. That was my sole intention. But for some reason, I, I had this weird sensation that I didn't need to. I didn't have to. And I actually felt pity for him because I could see him in front of me and he was terrified. You could see that he was terrified. He'd obviously um would obviously been aware of what I've been doing over time and obviously as I mentioned I'm a I'm a big chap I change physically quite dramatically how
0: um, tall are you well
1: I'm six foot two and about 18 stone
0: okay so that's big
1: yeah that's a fair size yeah yeah, yeah and and, I'm, yeah. and obviously with all the training and everything else I'm sort of you know it, it's I'm, I'm I'm capable with it so I'm not sort mm. of um you know so any so reasonably athletic with it let's call it that so um so, yeah, so anyway, we're in this situation and my 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 brain just said to me, you don't have to do this. You don't need to do this. You've already done it. You've beaten him mentally, which is what he did to you all those years ago. Um, you know, and and you you've you don't have to take a physical action. And that was a really strange sensation for me. And it, and it did. It really sort of changed my way of looking at the world, because from that moment on, it was it was exactly that. It was like, well, I don't I'm not that kid anymore. You know, I'm not that child who was. Frightened
0: yeah,
1: me. Um, and it, and it was in that moment that I recognised that in myself.
0: That's actually quite remarkable, you know, that you had that strength of character to do that. And funny you should say that because as you were talking about that, Matt, I was remembering that I went into a supermarket about three years ago, and um, I saw the girl, one of the gang of the girl who had bullied me. I recognised her. She didn't recognise me. And I remember looking at her and I thought, oh, my goodness, it's her. And I had been living abroad for a long time, so I hadn't seen her and I hadn't seen her since I was 10 and all of this. And I thought, shall I say something to her? Because she was really horrible and beat me every day with the gang. Mm. And I thought, what shall I say? I mean, what do you say to somebody And then all of a sudden it was similar to yourself. I looked at her and I thought, there's nothing to say. It's Mm. gone. And in fact, albeit a difficult thing to, I suppose, do, like with yourself that you'd gone through, it is enough to just walk away Mm. and realize how far you've actually come but that's not such an easy thing to do because I always think when you said about Kung Fu, you mean grasshopper. Yes. And yes, that's, yes. Yes. I love that series. So, and, um, I remember that the, um, master in the program for people out there, it was a series and it was a master and it was David Carradine. Wasn't it? That right, yeah, he, yeah. he was the monk. And, um, It ran for a long time. I think I was watching it sort of when I was really young and then I kept watching it again and again because I like the wisdom and I never forget, this is what actually stopped me from also saying something to her. And it was to the words, maybe you'll remember it. Um, But master, you know, if someone attacks us, should we attack them back? And the master says something like, But then we haven't learned anything because then we become like them. Mm. And that I always think about that. And it's a very fine line, isn't it, Matt, where you've got to know where to defend yourself, but also you've got to know that some fights are just not worth it.
1: Yeah. Oh, very much. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there's, Um, A similar thing I was told many, many years ago, which sort of stuck with me. And and it was a very simple phrase. And it went like this. Just because you can doesn't mean you should. Oh.
0: Wow. Yes. Mm. Very true. Very true. And I suppose that's the wisdom that you learn through life. And as you get older is where is that line? Because we're all standing on that fine line of right and wrong. And can we live with ourselves if we do this? Or can't we live with ourselves if we don't do it? And it's that balance, isn't it?
1: Yeah, very much. Very much. And that's really where, again, where all the training and everything sort of came into play with that. Because the aim is that you sort of become as as, as good as you're capable of becoming physically, which is really i think the responsibility of everybody before um you know before we shuffle off this mortal coil as they say i think it's it's our responsibility to become the absolute best that we can possibly be with what with the tools that we've been given so for me that was through the medium of martial arts and to see how far i could take myself physically and but it also transpires that that affects you mentally emotionally and every other way and so you know you were building mental muscles all the time as well you know you were building yeah. you know, not not just confidence but control self control self discipline um and uh hopefully learning to manage your ego but also understanding the world around you i mean when i first started martial arts and again this is something i talk about because it's a very important factor in in what's what's gone on since when i first started martial arts i was a young disadvantaged white kid in a white area that had working class people all around me heavy drinkers heavy fighters you know and that was the only world that I knew and I'd ever seen and then when I started martial arts I was I was confronted with all kinds of people from all different kinds of walks of life different religions different economic statuses different backgrounds different cultures and it was just a huge eye opener that there were all these different ways of living that I had not, not understood before, mm. but also the fact that again, when you did your judo, I'm sure you're aware of this, but also the fact that, you know, when you put that gear on, when you put that outfit on for the first time and you get onto those mats, you are judged by what you do and your actions from that point on. You're not, you know, you're not um, Mark, the accountant, you know, you're not, doris the housewife with three kids you're a student and you will be judged on your merits that that you perform on those mats and that was that was such an influence because as i said up until then i hadn't i hadn't and well i knew there were other worlds out there but i didn't think for one minute that i could ever be any part of those and as with everything if we don't understand it we tend to look at it with fear and suspicion so that's how i approached the world until that point
0: that's interesting because when people talk about martial artists and people that have not been involved in martial arts, some people are very afraid when they hear that you are an expert such as yourself in your field. How how does that work with relationships? You know, friendships or love or whatever. <laughs> so how, how, how on earth do people sort of react when you come across and you're this sort of martial artists and, you know, I, I'm sure a lot of people are going to be scared.
1: Yeah, it can be something of a poison chalice in some ways. Mm. Uh, it's a huge blessing. It genuinely is. But, but if you're talking about sort of socially and things, so there has been occasions... And I have actually spoken to people afterwards to one side quietly and just sort of explained this. But there has been occasions where I've been introduced to somebody and they've said along the lines of, oh, this is Matt. He teaches martial arts. Watch out because he might beat you up. Um yeah,
0: that's the I've, most, that's, I've heard that so many times. Yes, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but, but
1: for me, it's a bit like somebody going around and saying, <laughs> Oh, this is Frank, he's an accountant. You know, be a bit careful because he might do your taxes. Um <laughs> it's it's sort of. It's sort of a very strange way of looking at the world in that respect. Mm-hmm. But I would also say, and I've got to be careful I say this, but there's also an element of it's sort of self-inflicted sometimes because martial arts overall does does tend to present sometimes a face of itself that um <clears throat> that kind of highlights that. And it and maybe that's not necessarily what it should be doing. So um, you know, for me, the the ability to be able to defend myself and my loved ones if it was required was a fantastic skill as a young man living on, living in, you know, what was a very, very difficult and deprived council estate area where stabbings, muggings and beatings and crime was through the roof. Mm. Um, You know, it made absolute sense at that point in my life to, to gather those skills. Now I'm a middle-aged man living in a really nice Village where you know everybody's reasonably um, uh, reasonably okay. There's very low crime, and um, and so those those skills are redundant. But the skills of self control and discipline and fitness and health, and being able to communicate with people and all of those great things that come with it. Those are those are the important skills. Those are the life skills. Those are the things that take you through. Um, and so whether that's, you know, learning to be able to work within a community and a hierarchy and, a, and an organisation, whether that's learning how to do things that you may not necessarily find comfortable or want to do, you know, the amount of times where I did not want to get off my comfy sofa and go training, I just, they're endless. Um, however, I did those things and it was those it was those little victories, it was those little things that you sort of, enforce yourself to do that lead to the bigger things
0: yes and I wonder is it for example people that have trained in the military for example and they have to be depending on you know which area they're in and some that are sort of in close protection work or whatever and they have to be specifically trained and they have to be on high alert all the time And you having been brought up in that environment, and then also being able to practice these things within the martial arts world, how do you then go from that to being, for example, the gentle giant, so to speak, and to be someone who can still be caring and loving? Because people often associate bodyguards, you know close protection work, police, whatever, army, anything like that, that the people that are involved in that sort of industry don't have that softer side.
1: Um, Yeah, you'll find that most of them do, they just don't necessarily show it. You develop, um, working within those kind of fields, you develop Mm. what is known as a, um, I'll say it politely, a F-off face.
0: Oh, right. OK. So
1: you, you develop this persona of of, of being completely unfeeling and sympathetic and all of those things, because if you if you don't do that, then people will try and take advantage. I mean, that's that's unfortunately sort of the way that it is, because bear in mind, in those kind of roles, hmm. your job is to deal with the one percent, not the 99 percent who are behaving absolutely perfectly, you to deal with that one percent that would want to ruin it for everybody else and unfortunately that one percent aren't the type of people that would politely take no for an answer so that has to be enforced somehow and whether that's through force of will whether that's through physical force whether that's through law and legislation whether you know however that's maintained it still has to be maintained and and this is a fundamental that that it's, going to, it's difficult for some people to grasp, but it is a reality of the world we live in. And, and that, unfortunately, is that sometimes, you know, some, sometimes there is there is a requirement for force of some description to be brought to bear. Um, and so if you look at, you know, whatever whatever level you look at, there is, there is that in practice. So the government, as an example, they, they will go to war. That's the worst, you know, the highest level of violence that there is available to us. But if somebody doesn't pay their taxes, well, what are they being threatened with? They're being threatened with violence. You know, you will get you will get taken to court. You will get fined. You will get taken to prison. You will have your liberty taken away from you. Um, So there's all these different things to enforce things. And so it's just a case of what level you're at. Now, I'm not suggesting that that people should resort to violence because that's not what I'm saying at all. But unfortunately that very small percentage of people the threat of it at least is the only thing that they sort of that they will respond to if you like
0: mm, mm. and it's a hard
1: one it's a hard one like I said because people yeah people uh, there are there are a lot of people that have never been in any of these environments and so don't have to consider that in their world or they have the luxury of never being in those kind of positions right? and, and, and a great I totally appreciate and understand that um but when you're When you're in a position where the only thing that is going to stop serious violence is greater violence, then then that's a different way of seeing the world. And of course, if you're living in that environment, and this is really fundamentally what I'm trying to say with this, I spent a very long time in those environments where violence was a very real thing. It wasn't imagined. It wasn't on the television. It was there. It was in your face. It was real and it could happen and it could change your life or even take your life. And so when you're living in that day to day and the and, and and the psychology of that daily, you end up with this really peculiar mindset. And it's only when I stopped doing it that it sort of became obvious because I was talking to people and I was what they call lining them up. So I was picturing in my head how I how I was going to control them physically, how I was going to knock them out, or how I was going to um you know physically hold them and manhandle them, just in case they got violent or kicked off. Um, and, that's, and, and that decompression stage, when I stopped doing that that kind of work, that, that wasn't a, an overnight process. Again, that took a little bit of time. you know. And so if you've lived in a world where car bombs are very, very regular, right? So if you live in a world where snipers are hanging out of windows and cars are getting blown up, if you're yeah. living in that kind of environment, then it's right that you check those windows when you walk out the door. It's right that you check under your car because – Those are genuine threats. If you live in a world where none of those things are part of your life, then you may look at that if somebody did it in your environment and think, my goodness, that's over the top. That's unnecessary. That's paranoid. Um, And so it is all relevant as to the experiences and where you are in the world. So, um, (laughs) so, yeah, I'm not sure what I'm trying to get at with that, but it's. um, No, I
0: understand what you're saying. You know, every situation is different and it calls for a different set of, I suppose, rules. Because if you are in danger, you have to protect your life. Um, I totally understand what you're saying. But also, are you still in that sort of high alert mode most of the time? You're not.
1: No, that's why I use the word decompression, because it was, Mm -hmm. I did have to literally decompress from that. And I and and I've had to work at that, to be honest, and catch myself. with that and and say, actually, that's a, that's a, a, an unreasonable reaction to the situation. Um, and so I, you know, I've had to go through that kind of conversation with myself a lot. I've had to sort of manage that within myself a lot. Because, again, if, if you, if you think of being a small kid, and, mm. and at that point in your life, violence was kind of the answer to everything, you know, if you hadn't done something, you got beaten if you had done something and it wasn't right you got beaten um anger was constant and so that 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 was sort of a language that you understand and of course you've got to like with everything as i said earlier on there's if you take something away it's got to be replaced with something else and so Mm. if if that's been stripped out as a reaction as a way of living as a way of being as a way of communicating then that's got to be replaced with something and and you know, I'm very fortunate to have some great people around me who who even to this day, if I'm, you know, if, if, if I'm sort of succumbing to that, they, they will sort of draw me to one side and say, Matt, you're being silly, stop it, you know? Um, and I don't think that that will ever change, really. I mean, you know, it, 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 there's always been that element within me, but that's why the martial arts comes in, because that's that's my outlet, that's where it goes, that's where I send it, where it can be positive in the world.
0: Yes, I suppose it's about channeling that energy, whatever energy you have into something that may be destructive to yourself or to others. I think that we have that, all of us have that potential to channel it into something and release it into something good, Mm. good for our life, good for other people's life, which is what you've done with Mm. your... School. Now, tell us a little bit about your school and where you are now.
1: Well, the school itself, um, mm-hmm. that's a, a physical space where obviously, uh, with some of the current situations that have been going on the past few years, has been somewhat challenging as we haven't been able to open for long stretches. And, and when we have, we haven't been able to do what we would normally do. So a lot of that has been somewhat complicated. But as a as a rule, we Uh, We're a full time place that that takes kids from the age of four and uh, right through. And we've got students in their sort of early 70s. And so um, it crosses the whole gambit. We've got people that come for fun. We've got people that come because they want to compete. We've got people that are with us because they work professionally in roles that involve um, confrontation and, and everything in between. It's a it's a fabulous place. I call it my giant man cave. (laughs) Because <laughs> um, <laughs> I get to have all my toys there and my favourite people, and uh, and we and we have a lot of fun with it. Uh, we've been at that place now for over ten years. That particular place.
0: Mm-hmm. And where and, is that, if I may ask?
1: Oh uh, yeah, sorry. Yeah, we're we're just on the border of South Wales. Um, if anyone's aware of that, and they know where the Y Valley is, which is a beautiful part of the world. Beautiful, yes. Mm, yeah, that's that's where we are. So uh, I was in Bristol for many many years. And um, used to sort of run all my classes and all over there. But then we uh, moved over a number of years ago. And so, yeah, we've been here now for a while and it's a fantastic, fantastic part of the world.
0: And what else do you do? Because you do also online courses, I believe. Is that right? Yeah, I do. I do a number of different things
1: now. Yeah. So basically, uh, a few years. I saw
0: lots of things that you do. You do so many, so many things. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: Well I started doing the online courses a number of years ago um mm. with, with with regards to the gym and martial arts so um so I did various online courses for that that people could could access and buy I wrote, I wrote a number of blogs and say the books and things and, and then that that sort of that that sort of grew out and obviously with the situation um a lot of people were moving online for all kinds of reasons and so that sort of panned out a little bit more but then I also do a lot of social media stuff um, a lot of social media especially working with TikTok and teaching businesses and people like uh, and individuals how to use the platform.
0: Oh right okay so what sort of things would you teach somebody?
1: Well essentially what to do with the platform uh, for what they wanted it for so I mean I've just been having some interesting conversations in and around podcasting as an example seems as we are
0: on a oh, okay. Music. Tell us a little bit about that.
1: So, well, there's there's, there's a lot of similarities to everything. So um, if, if you look at sort of basic branding and, and that kind of thing, then you've got all of those elements that should be brought to bear. You've got the sort of content types and all that kind of thing, so you know what you're putting in. But it's, it's really about understanding your audience, who it is you want to speak to, and then finding out the best way to actually speak to them. So, um, so that sort of determines what your profile will look like, what your content will look like, you know, how often, when, where, all of those things. Um, and then it's the obviously the tools of TikTok because it's different to the other platforms. They all have their own way of doing things. Um, and TikTok is uh, quite quite different in a number of ways, although all the other platforms now are working really hard to build copycat versions. so things like Instagram reels, YouTube shorts. Uh, Even Facebook now is doing a, a short form video platform. So they're all seeing the success of TikTok and how well it's doing and trying to replicate that in their own fields.
0: And this is something that is, is that your main job now that you do alongside everything else?
1: Um, well, main jobs an interesting term because I don't they're all they all they all sort of intermingled because again the the TikTok stuff started when I was promoting my online courses for the gym and I started like that oh, again and, okay. and essentially I, I I I built my following and it grew really quickly and I found myself with hundreds of thousands of people following me from all over the globe I had videos that were you know four five million views in I was getting like two plus two and a half million views a week and that's remarkable. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. For an old, for an old guy, it's not bad, is it? So, um,
0: and then it's always, well done. I think it's absolutely fantastic, really. No, thank you. Thank
1: you. So these things were happening and it was like, well, OK, well, um, can I, can I replicate this? Right. That lightning in the bottle. Can I, what What am I doing? Is it, is it just luck? So what I actually did was I got some friends of mine who were also sort of business related and, and, and not your typical TikToker. So. They weren't 20, they weren't fabulous looking, and you do not want to see them in their underwear, right? So um
0: don't mention any names, Matt.
1: No, I'm not <laughs> going to mention any names, so um and so what I did is I basically structured out how I did it and what I did because you know I've gone through far more an educational pathway, and so the content that we give actually has value as teachable things, as 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 information, um, and education. And so taking that and then building out the structure of how I did it using basic marketing principles and branding principles and then layering on top again the way that TikTok works itself with regards to the tools and the application and then putting all that together in a framework. And and lo and behold, literally within two to three weeks, I was having guys hitting 50, 60,000 followers from a standing start. Um, You're a very useful gentleman to know yeah well that was it and it was it was like well actually there's something in this and so um and so i I basically more and more people started contacting me and then i found before i knew what was going on i found myself as uh, because this is a number of years ago now as well by the way there now you can't you can't literally throw your smartphone out the window without hitting a social media guru on the head um a few years ago tiktok was still very very new and you know brand new coming to the fore and that's that's the time frame we're talking about we're talking two two and a half years ago bearing my tiktok still only like four or five years old um yeah and so now there are people that i trained two years ago that are now basically doing this for themselves and 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 are promoting themselves as coaches and experts and things which is absolutely fine and great to see um and so yeah so that's been a natural progression as almost all of these things have so on the back of that i thought well I've been promoting my my businesses and the things that I do through social media for years. I've been helping other people do it, and I've been obviously I've, I've you know I, I left school with nothing, working on building sites, and so everything that you now see has been on the back of my own way of doing things with regards to social media presentation yeah. and everything else. Um, and, and so it was like, OK, well, what do I na- what do I want to do now? And I thought, well, it would be a really good idea to, to go to university and get a, a master's degree in marketing. So I tootled off and, and did that. Um, and so that my made- goodness that sort of now comes into a, a lot of it as well with regards to that. So I'm just on the verge now of um, I'm trying to talk everybody I know into letting me, cause I was a bit, I was, I was a little bit cranky towards the end of my master's, you know, with, with the dissertation and all the work that was on top. Cause I did it.
0: But have you completed that now? Yeah, yes,
1: yes, yes. Yeah. I did it full time while running the businesses. So I literally, I thought seeing as we can't leave the house, seeing as we can't do anything. Congratulations. For- oh. What an achievement. My goodness. <laughs> No, thank you. Thank you. It was an enjoyable process. So, but now I'm trying to convince everyone to let me do a PhD. (laughs) Oh, are you going to do it? Well, we're, we're, let's put it like this. I'm, I'm, I'm saying yes, but it's not just my decision to make. So obviously there are, there are people around me that have a, that have an opinion that I need to consider as well because it okay. directly affects them. So, um, and and everyone's everyone's really positive for the most part. It's just because I was such a cranky so and so for the last month of the of the <laughs> masters.
0: <laughs> oh, how long did it take you to complete, Matt?
1: Uh, well, like I said, I did it full time over the course of a year. Um, but it was the the dissertation itself, the 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 sort mm. of end, um, the end product after all the hard work we put together. So it was twenty thousand words, um, and that was pretty challenging because although I've written several books, I've never written anything academically to that point. And so that's a completely different way of doing things and a completely, um, so you don't just sit there and, you know, blurt things out onto a, onto a document, whatever comes in. You have to research, you have to go backwards and forwards. You don't can't, it's really hard to get any flow. So, um, so yeah, so that, that, that was, that was challenging, but really, really enjoyable. And, I actually got a distinction on that uh, dissertation. So um, I scored really highly with it. And, wow. um, and I'm presenting that at an academic symposium in a few days for uh, um, telling the story of business.
0: Well, um, congratulations. What an achievement, really. Yeah, no, thank you. Again, it's are you proud? Fun. Are you proud of yourself? Um, I wouldn't necessarily say
1: that because that's a, I, I don't know. There are there, there's. That's an, in, an a weird way of looking at it for me. Proud isn't quite the right word. I'm 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 pleased that I've set targets and achieved them, mm. um, but I'm also very much aware that this isn't a one man band. There's no way that I could have done these things without the help and support of the people around me. Um, mm. you know, my, mm. my 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 long suffering better half, shall we say, is 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 an absolute saint when it comes to putting up with me and my crazy hair brain schemes.
0: <laughs> <laughs> you know what they say. Behind every successful man, there lies.
1: Yeah, no, it's, it's blooming true. A lady. Well. Yeah, no, <laughs> and it, it, genuinely, it's true as well. And, mm-hmm. you know, that goes back to what we were saying right at the start of the conversation where we were talking about, um, you know, learning basic social skills and how to have relationships with people and things like that. I would never, never, ne- this is true, and I don't mind admitting it, you know, even, even as far as, you know, re- in recent years, um, it's been an ongoing process but 10 years ago i would never have ever been able to maintain a relationship with with somebody um like like that because i just wouldn't have been there and i wouldn't have been in that place and i wouldn't have been the kind of person that um that would have been able to behave in a manner to keep that so um so yeah so it's an ongoing learning process and i'm far from i'm far from there yet but every time that you know every time that something happens and i you know I can tick off another goal for want of a better word Mm. um then that's that that helps to solidify whatever the next crazy challenge is
0: and what was the point was it one particular point that you said I'm going to give this lady this life a chance or was it a whole list of things and then one day it was sort of a moment of epiphany, and you said, "Well, that's it. Now I'm going to try doing this." What or what was it that sort of was that pivot point for you?
1: Um, well, I, I do think, yeah, I do think it sort of uh, came sort of staged over time a little bit. Again, it wasn't. Um, there was sort of pivotal moments, like I said, with regards to my father and things like that. But um, I think it. Was, I think it was more a longer term thing where you you just sort of you sort of look at yourself a bit more don't you and um and I think I think it's a journey that most of us go through in some phase or another and um Mm. and you sort of look at yourself and you and you you think about some of the more negative behaviors and things and so um you know as I mentioned before uh, my the, the way my family was they were all heavy heavy drinkers and most of them still are and so the the idea of going out on a saturday night spending a huge amount of money to to drink so much that you can't remember anything about it was normal um you know i don't drink now um so that's that's an example i just don't i don't feel the need to you know i gave up smoking many 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 years ago um i tried to eat healthily if I can I mean I, I love cooking and I love eating so that's a, that's a constant battle because I love nice food um, <laughs> <laughs> but essentially it's it, yeah it's just the case of over time trying to make better decisions I think is the is the, is the answer to that um, you know not some kind of instant change overnight sensation kind of thing but but a slow realization that I've got to make better choices for me To then be able to be a better person for somebody else.
0: Yes, and I suppose in all of that is to love yourself. And in that, I mean to respect yourself enough to lead a healthy lifestyle, to do the things that you enjoy, and that it's not just about work, work, work. That's a difficult, I think, balance for most people is to allow themselves. All of us, I suppose, to have that care for ourselves, because unless we care for ourselves, we're not going to be much use for anyone else. Mm.
1: No, absolutely. I mean, that's critical. You know, if if you don't like yourself, how can you expect mm. anyone else to? Yeah, yeah, very true. There's, very true. There's, there's there's definitely elements of that, and and I and I remember having a conversation a number of years ago with a, a good friend of mine, and we was um, and I and, <clears throat> excuse me, and this we we were. Uh, uh, a talk where I was presenting a talk on stage and we hadn't seen each other for a while but we'd been part of each other's journey you know as you do and you sort of um and we would sort of bumped into each other many times over various years at different events and things and we and we following a similar trajectory and I bumped into him at this at this at this talk that I was giving and uh, and he was presenting as well funny enough so there were a few of us uh, on stage during the course of the afternoon and it was the first time that I had my partner with me and so i introduced i introduced them to one another and you know a few minutes later we got a chance to speak alone and he was he was like my goodness me she's lovely she's wonderful you know she's a really nice person seems great and i'm like absolutely um and i said right there and then and i remember saying it. it's like this would never have happened a few years ago would never have happened because i wouldn't have been there for for, you know i wouldn't have been available for that mentally so um and so yeah it's 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 a really sort of interesting thing to look back on yourself and look at that because I know categorically that in so let's call it 10 years in the past 10 years I've worked really really hard on being um, a person that that isn't the product of my childhood you know it's really important to me yeah. that, that that where I end up doesn't have to be where I came from you know
0: yes yeah I was um watching something the other day that a friend of mine had composed. She's very much into about people from their childhood and how sort of generational things can affect each generation thereafter. Yes. And I then spoke to her and I said to her, do you believe in the sins of the father? I said, oh, yes, I do. She said, because when you think about it, each generation literally, as the famous song goes by Mike and the Mechanics, and it always resides in my mind, blames the one before. Mm. But it takes somebody, for example, in your family like yourself, to break, in effect, those chains of the past so that the next generation can have a free life, so to speak, Mm. even yourself to have a free life, and all those that you interact with so it takes a great deal of strength and it's something that is admirable that you were able to do that for your family in a way
1: well yeah no I, I, again that, that's a wonderful example the song that that, that great song from Michael the mechanics there and the yeah. word blame the word blame is absolutely pivotal isn't it in the sense yes. um at some point and and again this is this is only me speaking personally, but at some point I had to recognize that I was blaming everybody and everything else, including you know, my family and my history and things for things that actually I was the blame for through my actions and the way I, you know, the way I interacted with the world. And so actually a lot of the things I needed to blame was actually on myself.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Which is a tough pill to swallow sometimes
1: yeah very much yeah very much but again it's um i don't know because i'm not i'm i'm not um i'm not necessarily a sort of i'm not quite sure what the word is i'm looking for but um i'm not necessarily a believer of things like fate and and all that kind of thing i'm um i'm very much a believer in luck favours the prepared mind, as an example. So if you, you know, if you do all the right things for long enough, eventually the world will accommodate. Um, and I and I do believe that now because that's been my own personal experience um, over the past few years with regards to me and my own way of doing things. But again, if we go back to me as a younger man, I would have been all about the whole, woe is me, it's everybody else's fault. <laughs> you know? um, yeah. And I I do think that mind shift has been been critical in everything.
0: I think it's a, a, a huge shift in anyone's mind to somehow take it away from themselves for a moment, whatever we're facing, and sort of stand outside of ourselves and look down on a situation because that creates that gap and that space to actually see what is the reality of this situation. Because if we're going to sit there, however terrible things happen in life, ultimately, we're the only ones who can decide whether we want to get out of that situation and how much effort are we going to put into trying to set ourselves free. Mm. And that, in a way, brings that responsibility into our own hands and the blame game stops
1: mm. yes yes very much so I mean it's um for, for me one of the most powerful tools in all of this has been uh, has actually been gratitude and practicing that because there's always there's there's always something to find to be grateful for isn't
0: there? it's true and I know so many people say to me, I'm sure you hear this, Matt, and they say, I haven't achieved anything in life and it's all rubbish and I feel a failure. And I always say, well, actually, you've got to be a little bit gentle with yourself because you've got to look at what you've been through and what you've been given in life, sort of the tools of your life. And that's what you have to do is to look at your own life because It's a really, really sad and wasteful game to compare to other people's lives because Mm. none of our lives is the same. We've all gone through things that are easy and difficult. So stop playing the game of comparison and actually say, well, you know, I've gone through all of this and here I am, for example, like yourself you know you're a world champion you've written so many books and for yourself that is a huge achievement oh
1: totally and i agree with you you know the the measuring yourself against other people is is you're doomed to failure you really are um yeah and so it's just the, the measurement is is where you are in regards to yourself and and again when people say you know i haven't achieved anything i haven't done anything of notes i've failed at everything and all the rest of it some sometimes that is is such a a false statement just because of the way that they're framing that within themselves and I've, I've, you know i've done this myself trust me when um you know uh, like i said before about my father committing suicide and, and and having certain traits and things you know I, I i've had very dark times in my younger life um the that I don't particularly want to revisit again. But during those times, it, just getting through the day was a bloody achievement. You know, yeah. not doing anything incredible, just, just literally getting through the day and being able to try again
0: the next day, that was the achievement. And that was enough. Absolutely, that's enough. Especially the world being as crazy as it is, and it's not getting any easier, but just to make it through the day, I always say, keep sane. It doesn't matter what goes on out there. You know, it doesn't matter who's losing the the plot or losing their mind. My grandfather always said, you keep sane. Doesn't matter about anyone else. Mm. Keep yourself together. Mm. Because that is ultimately what will save us is how are we? How do we keep ourselves in all the madness, in all the craziness, in all the sadness How is it that we're going to keep ourselves grounded enough to keep strong, and ultimately, I think, to help those people that we love?
1: Mm, No, I I agree. I agree. It's um, sort of it's that old sort of worry about the things you can change, isn't it? And um, there's there's a a large there's a large amount of truth in that, which is that you can. your but the best thing you can probably do for yourself is to is to manage the outside world and how that comes into you isn't it and, and if it's if it's really playing on you if it's if you're finding it challenging then just don't do it. I mean this is again something that I stress a lot. I, I made a conscious decision I think it was seven years ago now um where I turned my television off and I've never watched television since I, I, I watch a movie now and again um so I'm not a complete weirdo <laughs> but I think you're
0: pretty I, sane,
1: actually. <laughs> I turned my television off completely, and it was one of the best things I ever did. When people say they haven't got time, it turns out that those couple of hours a night in front of the television create quite a lot of time, um, you know. And so, so yeah, so I, I I, say to people, yeah, stop, literally, turn all that off and go for a nice walk in nature, you know, look around you, see the beauty of all of that, um, and, and let that be the influence of the day.
0: Oh, for sure. I'm not a a TV watcher, I have to say. I do watch sometimes films and things like that. But Mm. I'm interested in life, Matt. I'm interested in things that are sort of magic to the world. And the other day I found this out. I don't know if you know this, but did you know that a butterfly has wings on its, um, a heart on its wings? I didn't know that, no. Well. I was absolutely gobsmacked and my friend sent me the article and she said this is something for you and you know she knows me too well and there it was that the butterfly has a heart on its wings and if you press the butterfly's wings because of the distress imagine this and I sort of liken this to us humans the more you press it the colour leaves the wings, the patterns start to fade. Okay. And I was just totally fascinated. And I thought, well, I'm, I'm really glad that I'm interested in hearts on butterfly wings as opposed to just listening to nonsense out there. And it's these small things, isn't it, that make the huge difference of whether you have a good day or a bad day
1: yes yes it's where you focus your energy and time isn't it
0: yeah yeah it's been a pleasure really to have you on the show Matt thank you so much for coming on
1: no you're welcome I have thoroughly enjoyed the conversation
0: yeah me too me too and I would like to know firstly a couple of things where can people find out about your work and your books and all the things that you do
1: Okay, well, the, uh, probably the easiest, you can just uh, sort of Google Matt State, it's um, Matt, double T, S-T-A-I-T, state, or you can have a look at some of the websites, the main one being
0: www.differentthink.co.uk. Brilliant. And have you ever met a samurai warrior, I want to ask you? <laughs> um, <laughs> great question this is a kung but, um, fu watcher so you know you i know, have to ask you the question <laughs> no i've
1: never actually meet, uh, met a real samurai as in you know from the official bloodlines uh and from oh. the families like that unfortunately no i mean i don't class myself as one at all it's the name of my gym which is yes i know it I, is which is how <laughs> i've ended up with that i don't actually believe i'm some feudal warrior from ancient sort of japan um <laughs> Well, well, who, who knows? knows?
0: You never and, know what well, the bloodline I mean, is, do you? Yeah. But no, no, unfortunately, no,
1: I've never had the, I've never actually met a um, What what is a an official
0: samurai. Well, there's still time.
1: Yeah, I'd love to. I
0: would absolutely love to. Yeah, there's still time. They're fascinating, aren't they? Um, The whole thing about them, their whole way of life. I mean, I thought when I was young that they were sort of, you could meet them down the road, but clearly not but that was my sort of um imagination of well I'm going to meet Mr Miyagi down the road as well but that never happened
1: (laughs) yeah no that's it isn't it yeah well they 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 do have a um whether it's true or not you know because when you actually look look into the history of it there's 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 good and bad same as everything else but they do have a romance attached to them that's that's quite sort of
0: beguiling Oh, yes. Oh, yes. And I think that's the sort of fairy tale that I would like to keep in my mind, along with the butterfly wings with hearts on them. <laughs> yeah, oh, absolutely. Absolutely. They, that's a nice world to live in, isn't it, Matt?
1: Yeah, well, there's a lot of there's a lot of sort of um, attributes that are, that are sort of given to them that are that are really positive and and, and great to sort of roll yourself upon. I mean, is one of the reasons why I named the gym the way that I did.
0: Yeah, yeah, I thought there must have been some sort of deeper reason why you did that for sure. But before we go, I always ask my guests this, Matt, and that is in a sort of few lines for people out there right now in the world, all over the world, what advice would you give them about leading a more fulfilling life, a life that is more hopeful, that something that's possibly helped you in your life?
1: OK, well, there are, there are there are three things I try and do every day without fail, if I can. And maybe that's probably my answer. Um, mm-hmm. so very quickly, the first one, as I've already mentioned, is gratitude. I, I always take time in my morning to have a few minutes just reflecting on um, all the wonderful things that I, that I have around me and have with me and the people and that sort of thing. Um, The second thing I try to do is learn something new every day. So as an example, today, I've learned that butterflies have hearts on their wings, um, (laughs) which I didn't know previously. So it's great. I always try and learn something new daily. That's important to me. And then the, 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 the third and final thing is I try to do. And this is a bit cliched, but I think it's highly relevant. I try to do something that my future self will thank me for every day. So that could be something like spending 10 minutes working on my website. It could be um, writing a blog. It could be making a phone call to an old friend or relative that I haven't caught up with in a little while, just to touch base and maintain the relationship, you know. Um, And so those really are the the three things that I I try to make sure I do every
0: day. And that's pretty much what I would say to people. Very wise advice. And even if we start with those three things, and we try it. I think it would make a huge difference in our life long term.
1: I think so. Yeah, it's, it compounds. I mean, especially the especially the, the doing things that your future self will thank you for. So, mm. um, you know, that 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 definitely pays dividends further down the line. I'm testament to that.
0: Yeah, beautiful. Thank you again, Mad. I wish you all the very best in all your endeavors and all your projects and life and do come back again sometime and tell us how you are and how you're getting on
1: I would love to that was that was great I've thoroughly enjoyed the talk so thank you very much. yeah
0: me too me too and I've learned a lot of things and um I love martial arts especially so you've sort of reawakened that in me again
1: oh good oh good well (laughs) we'll see you at a club
0: soon (laughs) all right then take care Bye 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 mad state. What an inspiring story and really it shows that if you put your mind to it anything is possible Thank you so much for joining me today I wish you beautiful moments and until next time look after yourselves and lots and lots of love
1: Thank you for listening to Secrets for an Inspirational Life brought to you by your host Mimi Novik. Please remember to subscribe to the podcast and see you in the next episode. For more information about Mimi Novik and her books, music and inspirational work, take a look at her website www.miminovik.co.uk.